The beginning of the school year is always a crazy, exciting, and even terrifying time. And in particular, that's for the college experience, right? And and, and I would say even most especially for the new students, for freshmen or new graduate students, right? Because you're coming to a new place where nobody knows you, where you have this opportunity before you to study what you do or desire to seek out new relationships and friendships to, in a sense, really, truly start to define yourself independently of your family. It's exciting because the opportunities are in front of you always. It's new. It's unknown. But at the same time, that's also what kind of makes it terrifying, is that where we may have had a security blanket at home or in high school or with our group of friends, we may not have that anymore. And this year in particular, it is both exciting and terrifying. It's exciting because after six months, especially for those who had to go home early last year, you're back. It's terrifying because we want to make sure we do the right things. We don't add to the problems, but we help to uh, be the solution to the problems going on with the coronavirus and in our society at large. And that's difficult, and that's frustrating. And we don't know, frankly, here's another part of it, if we're even going to be here in four weeks. What a crazy time. What a difficult experience. No one was prepared for this. But the opportunity is still before us. This new school year, this new opportunity to step into truly who you are and what you desire to be here and now and for the rest of your life. When I went off to college, I looked at colleges that were as far away from home as possible. I grew up in St. Louis, and in Catholic St. Louis, it's a very small circle, and so I was always someone's nephew, son, brother. It was never like I was independent. I was always in relationship to someone else no matter who I met. If they were Catholic somehow or another, they had a connection to my family and they knew me. And I wanted something new. I wanted something different. I wanted to be my own man. And so I went away for college. I went to a campus where I didn't know anybody, really, at least know them well. And I was excited about that. And all of a sudden I realized, you know what? I can be the arbiter of my happiness and my peace. And most of the decisions I made in college were terrible decisions. Some were good, but most of them were terrible. And to my detriment and to the detriment of others, because my pleasure, my thoughts, just me, was the most important thing. And I realized something eventually, thanks be to God, who actually the Lord just kind of kept hammering me over the head with this, right? That all of these things in and of themselves aren't necessarily bad to seek out joy, to find yourself, those are actually good things in a way. But when we're asking and seeking the wrong question and trying to answer the wrong question, it can throw it all off. Ultimately, there is one question that will lead to our peace, happiness, and fulfillment. And that is the question that Jesus asked the disciples today. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? Who is he in your life? The answer to this will open the doors if you answer like Peter. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because what does that mean? What does that imply for Peter? That everything from that moment changes. That his entire life is wrapped up in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Living in accord with his will. Following after him. Turning away from the things that held him down. And living new life in him. 
But oftentimes when Jesus asks, that, asks us that question, we can hide behind other things. Who do you say that I am? In the first reading from the prophet Isaiah, who do you say that I am? Well, I am the power, the wealth, the privilege that you've given me. But what does the Lord say there? What does the Lord prophesy? Those things can be taken away. The privileges, the successes, the money that you have, all of those are fleeting and can easily be gone. Who do you say that I am? We can also, as Jesus does for the apostles here, find that through what do other people say about this? Who do you say that I am? Well, Jesus, you're a great and swell guy. You're like Elijah or John the Baptist or, or one of these other prophets. And those are all true. Jesus is like them. But if we're doing it that way, we're kind of selling it short. We're allowing other people to define our success. But who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what happens when we make that answer with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole self? We have the experience that St. Paul has in writing to the letter of the Romans. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How inscrutable his judgments and how unsearchable his ways. When we get that question right, when we get that answer correct, and we say to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, all of a sudden, instead of being bound and shackled by other people's opinions, by worldly things, we are unleashed and untethered. We are free. There and only there can we find our freedom. Now, for some, and I pray this every day, that's going to lead to priesthood or religious life. But for most people, that means going off into your life, into your career, for God, with God, in God, and through God. A great saint for our times, and especially for young people, is blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. He came from a wealthy family. He was educated. He had friends and social life and all of that. But he, at one point in his life, realized that all of that doesn't matter unless he is living for Jesus. And so he loved going hiking in the mountains. He was from northern Italy. He would go hiking in the Alps with his friends in mountain climbing. He would go out with his friends. He would play cards with them. He would serve the poor. He would do all of these things with such great joy because he knew his ultimate happiness, his ultimate life was recognizing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and living in accord with that. But just like Peter and perhaps even blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, we don't know the day or the time that the Lord is going to look into our lives and into our hearts. And it's a reminder every time we come to Mass, when the Eucharist is held up, that Jesus is looking into our hearts with love, perfect love. He looks into our entire life, and he sees the good and the beautiful parts. He also sees the bad and the ugly parts, but guess what? He loves you anyway. He shows you his face. He loves you. He asks you with sweetness, with gentleness, who do you say that I am? And just like with Peter, blessed Pierre, Giorgio, Fersati, all the saints in heaven, when we answer with passion, with joy, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, our world changes. The church is built upon the faith of Peter. The church is built upon the faith of each and every one of us saying yes to Jesus, recognizing him as God, as Lord and Savior, and following after him. 
There are so many things available to us outside of those doors. Some of them good, some of them not so good. But here's the thing. Jesus loves you. And no matter where you find yourself and no matter where you go, he's chasing after you. He's asking you relentlessly, loving you, forgiving you, offering you himself in the sacraments. But ultimately, he wants you to choose. He wants you to be free and to find freedom in him by answering one simple question. Who do you say that I am?